are listening to MSP Survivalist, real talk from the data security experts. Today, we're going to be discussing an MSP niche, specifically dental MSPs. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to catch future episodes. We have with us today a special guest, Bill Dungey from CTS, an MSP based out of Ontario, Canada. Bill is the owner and operations manager over at CTS. Bill, we have you there today. Yes, sir. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to talk about this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we have with us today the usual suspects, Adam. Uh, Adam, are you there? Yep, you bet. Loud and clear. Great. Adam Stufflick is the cloud business manager over at Nova Backup. And Nate Forage. Nate, we have you online as well? Yep, I'm here. Great. Nate, as you know, is the VP of Strategic Solutions over at Nova Backup. So, Bill, maybe you could tell us a little bit about CTS, customers you work with, a little background. Is that possible? Yeah, sure. Uh, We started over a decade ago. Uh, out of my dad's basement. He was an electrician way back in the day and a very, very early adopter of all things higher tech, if you will. So uh, I remember when he made a big deal out of a 10 megabyte hard drive (laughs) and uh, having very, very early access to the internet and uh, a consequence of my own exposure to the internet and technology that early was that I became very, very proficient with uh, tech. He went on to start programming uh, things like uh, PLC machines in uh, factories and stuff to Visual Basic and after that he started to look more toward the hardware networking side of tech. Mm -hmm. And so because he was doing that as, uh, as a result, I was doing that. And so all the way through my school, I was the kid who fixed the classroom computers. And, you know, if somebody had a problem, I would go fix the computer. I'm still that guy. If I have to go (laughs) to like, uh, uh, any sort of conference or anything where there's multiple people watching something off a laptop, I'm automatically like looking at the laptop. What kind of projector do we have here? What's on the table that I'm inevitably going to have to fix, you know? Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm an audio guy and without fail, there's, there's generally an audio problem when it comes to presentations. Yeah, we, uh, started, I say we, uh, really it was Cliff, my dad, who started with just a couple little companies and his first foray into backups, uh, when, when I say that he was an early adopter, he was also wise enough to recognize that backups were like capital C crucial. And so for the first couple clients he had, even though he was going in and, uh, you know, maybe fixing minor technical problems, providing systems here and there. It was backups that he focused on so much so that our company started under the name backup server. So Mm. we were called backup server and he had a little server running in his garage where people would back up all their stuff to him remotely. And that was basically like his key point that he was trying to drive home. Later on, 
uh, we would go to the Ontario Dental Association's yearly conference, or trade show rather, and we had a booth set up under this name, Backup Server. And people kept on walking past and basically saying like, oh, I'm good, I have backups. And we're like, no, that's like 10% of what we do. Was there a reason that that market kind of drew you guys into attending those, those shows initially back in the day? Well, initially it was sort of happenstance. Uh, we had a, uh, a nonprofit organization that we were, uh, sorry, that Cliff was working for doing some IT and uh, this was pretty much on the side of like his regular nine to five. And one of the I people see. that worked there, his wife worked at a dental office and I guess they got to talking and they asked if Cliff would come in and that was basically his introduction into dental. This was right around the time when I came on too because I remember that office. And the world of dental, very generally speaking, is really, really tight. So mm -hmm. as soon as we had built a name for ourselves as uh, somebody that could be trusted, there's a maybe a backhanded way of describing some IT providers that I have is <laughs> calling somebody like a, a Kijiji IT guy, you know? And so like people who don't have a good solid ground in networking and security, they don't have standards. They're the guys that like, you know, when you, walk into an office and there's wires draping all over the place. Sure. Cliff was adamant to build a business that was uh, paying very strict attention to detail and craftsmanship, if you can call it that. Like, that mm -hmm. IT was a craft that you could work on. So that spread like wildfire throughout uh, the local dental scene and we ended up getting picked up by a whole bunch of different people really, really rapidly. It seems like dentists being kind of a tight-knit group that the word of mouth on, uh, you know, a good IT service provider seems to travel pretty well. Well, yeah, so much so that uh, many of our clients actually graduated from uh, dental school together in the same class. You know, so especially when you're talking about the same age cohort in the same geographical location, they all sure. definitely know each other. But that other. doesn't make up, uh, does dental make up a majority of the clients that you guys are working with today? Or you have kind of a, a few different industries that you are working with? We have two main verticals that we work with. We work with dental, but that also spans to things like um, ortho and perio. Don't ask me mm. what they mean. I'm an IT guy. I don't fix teeth. <laughs> and I guess the other side of the split would be nonprofit organizations. We've kind of... Uh, grabbed on and linked into those just as much as dental these days. But dental certainly is uh, what built us to be what we are today. Understood. And you know uh, our other um, attendees on the, the podcast today, Nate and Adam, uh, through uh, working with uh, Nova Backup and, and their backup services as well. Uh, no would be an understatement. Those two gentlemen <laughs> have saved our rear ends on two occasions. Once, I was even like, I need to send them something. What can I send? Yeah, it's uh, been a, a long and happy business relationship with those two. <laughs> Good to hear. And, and so what, in your opinion, do you you think makes dental practices, small dental practices different than the average small, medium-sized business? 
I have many different variations of the way I want to say this. <laughs> so this is, this is kind of what I've got together. I think there's a very specific personality type that lends well to dentistry that I don't really see or maybe that I'm not exposed to as often uh, in other facets of business. That's where dentists have a lot of concerns that I don't think many other uh, providers or business people really get faced with. For example, if you're a dentist and you have like, let's say one practice or even a handful of practices, everything top to bottom becomes their responsibility. And beside that, they also have a staff that for the most part are required, let's say, to back up those decisions. Because a dentist would have, like let's say, an old x-ray system is no longer compatible. Like let's say with Windows 11, it's coming, right? This is the conversation that's uh, gonna be filling my inbox in the next couple months. <laughs> So you've got a dentist that wants to upgrade their systems, but they don't have access to old operating systems. Mm -hmm. And to update to the new operating system, they have to spend $40,000 on this new x-ray system that's unproven, untested, and none of their friends can talk about. Cut between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and all of that comes back to the dentist. Like, whereas uh, other markets might have uh, people that they can, you know, bounce off of internally to help make those decisions. A lot of that stuff comes back to me and then, you know, we'd have to go call the vendor and say, well, one challenge we've encountered over and over and over again is uh, vendors will sometimes send out software packages uh, for practice management or imaging that are not in like a full candidate release, but they'll just send it out as an update. And next thing you know, we're installing some beta test, you know? And so then we have to try to translate all of this to the dentist so that they can make the decision because I can't make the decision for you. It's your systems, you know? So uh, dentists, they kind of have a hard crack about it. And so it's not exactly like a leniency to make more decisions. It's a responsibility. You know, I suppose it's a gift and a curse at the end of the day. Yeah, and I imagine the kind of changes we've seen, you know, industry-wide in the last two to three years, I think it's thrown a little bit of turmoil, certainly for some, but I'm not sure how that's affected, you know, the dental market. Uh, have you seen, due to the pandemic or, or other reasons, any changes in, in the way that these customers are operating? Yeah, sure. Or your business, or your business has been affected, I guess? Well, I mean... The two big things that I can think of is that dental vendors, again, people who are producing hardware and software for dental offices, uh, in my humble opinion, are not keeping up with recent changes. Uh, or those changes are out of reach. I guess it's all just money, right? It depends on how much you want to invest in your business to get that new tech. Mm -hmm. But I think the bigger thing at hand is, and you'll probably hear me uh, reiterate this several times during this conversation, it's security. And uh, security is kind of my wheelhouse. Like my, uh, where I got my stripes as an IT guy was uh, I got the opportunity to speak at DEF CON uh, about 
an actual breach that we uh, lived through, I guess. Uh, one mm -hmm. of our clients was exposed to a in-house malicious agent and uh, we managed to track him down in the whole works, but it seems like no matter which way I put it, this probably has more to do with me than it does uh, the actual industry. But mm -hmm. I do read about this on the MSP subreddit and like the sysadmin subreddit. Mm -hmm. It seems like no matter which way I try to even just describe security as something that can make or break a business, we still have clients who just, it's, I was going to say that they don't care, but if they did care, they would do something about it. Unfortunately, I think the majority of the time, it requires a catastrophic incident for changes to take place. But even then, uh, take this for example, we just had a, uh, a dental office that opted not to use a server, okay? Like a server in the proper uh, form of the word, like with RAID and redundancy and backups and these kinds of things. Oh boy. They just, they had the whole office running off of a desktop. <laughs> and the desktop had a Western Digital Blue hard drive in it. And what do you know, it failed. Mm -hmm. And it failed to the tune of, like I couldn't even mount it in Linux, it was dead like dead, dead. So I said, well, you have backups, certainly. Yep, I have backups, I set them up myself. This was, uh, <laughs> you know, an individual who, you'll find this, what you'll find is you'll find this described on the MSP subreddit with people who work with dental. Either there's clients who trust you the same way you trust your mechanic, right? I don't fix cars. Or there's clients that opt to do 75% of the work themselves, and then they defer the unknown unknowns to you. So he set up his own backups using Backblaze. And setup means he went next, next, I agree on the installer. And it did not back up anything that his business depended on. Oh, so man. we had to send that hard drive to a lab and you know, then the great frustration was, well, I can't believe it's taking this long. <laughs> it was like eight weeks. The guy got back probably 80% of what he had. And even then, the response was, well, put together a stack for me the way that you would put together a stack for yourself. And so I'm starting to build all of these comprehensive tools, one on top of the other, to take care of things front to back. And then the the quote comes out and it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. But you'll be happy to know he's backing up with us now. So he's at least backing <laughs> <Sure>. up. <laughs> God, I was you hoping know. so. I was like, man, I really hope the end of this story is like, he definitely jumped fully <laughs> on board with you. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's backing up now. Uh, so I don't know uh, all the laws and that type of thing about in Canada, but even what he was doing, if he was backing up the data correctly to Backblaze, which I believe... Uh, I could be wrong here. Don't they just have a U.S. data center uh, in North America? I don't know if they have a Canadian one yet. Isn't that against uh, your laws up there anyway? Here's here's the answer to that question. If you take credit card payments, you're supposed to have PCI compliance. And every four months or so, I get a ticket in our you know our ticket system because PCI has audited. The business and said hey like you guys are absolutely wide open you have to make all these changes 
And then I go, cool, this is hourly because this is a massively gigantic job. And everybody goes, okay, cool, don't worry about it, we'll just say we did. I feel like that approach is taken for everything from data security to offsite backups. For the most part, people are just in this don't ask, don't tell loop. And as long as there's no massive data emergency, everybody just kind of keeps going with what they've got. Yeah, which is kind of scary, but... Um, well, it's petrifying, man. A lot of people the, are, I, are I have reactive. to make the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and true. Yeah, right. It, it's, uh, it's a fine line of uh, law versus morals, too. Like, do I, do I tell on my customer? Do I tell... I mean, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. tough. You're saying um, about uh, changes on our side? I mean, the, the only thing I can say to that point is just security, security, security. Wow. Definitely in the news, we're seeing more targeted attacks towards MSPs, towards dental MSPs, trying to get to the end users, right, to, to spread ransomware and so forth. Seeing a little bit more of that kind of stuff in the news lately. So. Oh, sure. And I mean, uh, I won't name the uh, RMM that was responsible, but there was a massive, massive breach. I want to say like uh, six or seven yes. months ago. Right. And... Uh, we're a, a customer of Huntress as well. Mm -hmm. And man, like security side, I can't say enough about Huntress. They like, they were the spearhead in the forensic analysis of that breach and helping that RMM's customer base get back on their feet, you know? You think about it from, well, if I was the bad guy, you know, why would I care about Dr. Dungy's office when I can go hit an MSP and get 60 offices? Right, absolutely. And speaking of your offices too, I know there's like everybody has a different budget, right? Uh, where Nate and I came from, it's you know 7,500 people in the town. There's big cities, but when it comes to physical versus uh, virtual, what what's your opinion on like how should a dental office be set up in that realm? Um, what would you prefer and stuff like that? I will say that if you ask five guys, you'll get five different answers. So I'm card-carrying EFF, right? So I believe in owning my own data. And for that reason, I like the idea of an on-prem server. You could throw this out on uh, any forum or any group or whatever, and I just get chewed to pieces. But I also believe an on-prem server goes well toward data availability as well, because we don't care if the internet cuts out, we've got everything we need in-house. Sure. That said, I have no problem farming out services to cloud providers uh, because you know it gets to the point where some of that data would be too cumbersome to have, you know, like let's say this make-believe dental office has five computers in it. Now we're gonna run Exchange in the back room, you know, so some of it can be farmed out to the internet, but certainly for the meat and potatoes of the operations of the business, you know, patient charts and patient images. I like to have that on-prem. Further than okay. that, no dentist ever pays for good internet, you know? <laughs> so they're all going to go to the cloud and then be like, oh, this sucks, but they didn't pay for the bandwidth. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, now here's the, so I asked the, I, I have two angels, I'll call them, sitting on my shoulder. One's like the devil, let's say that's sales. And then there's the angel over here, technical, uh, from my perspective, by the way. So I heard you mention these guys going through college together, right? Marketing strategies and how to get new customers, retain customers, all this stuff is always asked on these subreddits and even the one that we 
um, spun up as well. Um, do you guys ever have a strategy like besides just emailers or landing pages or anything like that? Do you guys go out to these colleges and try to snag them when they're in the young or <laughs> like uh, anything like that? I'm just curious. Um, I'm sure other MSPs have done that. And I've worked with other tech companies that are exceptionally hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, more often than not, the companies I've worked with that have that rapid or exponential growth, the support suffers. It always suffers. Sure. You know, and so the vast, vast majority of business we've had has been handed to us from uh, word of mouth. You know, Very cool. so, uh, okay, take for example, we had a, a new install this week uh, with. It was like a server and two desktops, this tiny, tiny little office. And uh, I went in, did the inventory, did the quote, I basically had a, you know, a little bit of hands-on with the systems, but enough to basically get an idea or a picture of what we're looking at here. And it turned out that way under the surface, there's years of stuff going on here with different email providers. And we use this program for that and this for this that wasn't ever explained to me during the quoting process. And the way I look at it is as long as all the problems get solved and everybody eats, like what I mean by that is, you know, all of our guys get paid. I'm happy with that. And I realized that that's, uh, you know, maybe counter to the Gary V mentality of <laughs> grow, grow, grow and like action, action, action. But, uh, so far, it served us well. I take a look at, you know, I think, man, we got to be up around 15 years anyway. Got to be around that. Like, that's my, my metric or my measure of um, how things are going is the long game, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's a long time, honestly. I think many strive to get to that point, which is, I think a lot of people take a lot of stuff from this podcast so yeah no i think that obviously we're you know in the in the backup realm but there's so many other aspects that uh obviously you guys are doing right so yeah hey bill do you guys um how do you feel about uh, managed service agreements or you know contracts when you when you start up with a new customer that's generally speaking mm -hmm. our contracts come as a result of continued mm -hmm. hourly support uh, so Generally speaking, when we go into places now, there's certain things I need to see that we can agree upon before we even go any further. A big red flag or trigger for me is inside the first five or 10 minutes, if I'm hearing from somebody in a leadership or ownership position that I used to work in IT, it's probably not gonna work out because the shop talk side of it is you called me. Like there's a reason I'm here, right? The reason I'm here is because your stuff is broken. And if I walk in and your network room looks like a spaghetti factory and I hear different stories from different people about what's working and when it's working and sometimes this does this and sometimes that does that. And then I come to you and say, here, this is what we're gonna do. These are the devices that we trust. I know you've never heard of Ubiquity, but it's a better router than you can buy at Best Buy. You know, I know that you're used to having 
an all-in-one networking appliance that does everything top to bottom. And it costs more to put an access point at the front of the office and an access point at the back of the office and to manage it on the server. And you can't change the password whenever you want to change it, but we're really good at what we do. <laughs> you know, you make a you make a good point there about, you know, having to have I don't know if like minds is the word, but it's a partnership, a partnership, a screening process for, for both of you, I would I would imagine it has to be. Make sure to catch part two of this episode next week, where we talk more about the client screening process, red flags, cyber insurance and more. See you then.